0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building God Power. This is Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Thank you, everyone, for the love and support. Listen to our last episode, Abolish Schools. Make sure you like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um. So, this week, before we get into it, uh, we were able to raise over $400 for our community fridge in less than a day. And that was incredible, y'all. So amazing. Um, You can check on our social media. We posted all of uh, the footage of what we did. Uh, We spent half of that this week and we stocked the pantry up. We got food, um, we also got some detergent and some formula, and then we stacked up the uh, the fridge side with meats and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. Uh, so again, thank you so much. If you'd like to donate and contribute to what we got going on with the Community Fridge and Mutual Aid, you can do that. Link will be in the description. All right, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about the Kellogg Strike, and not only about that, we're going to get into the tea on these labor unions. And, um... This Kellogg strike hits close to home because Kellogg has a plant in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where I read uh, we produce 80% of all the Frosted Flakes in the entire world. So that's what's going on here. Our folks are on strike. They have a GoFundMe. I'll link that for sure uh, so you can help donate what they got going on. So can you tell us a little bit, KT, about the strike that's going on with Kellogg's?
1: Yep. So Kellogg's workers are actually striking uh, again cuts to jobs, wages, and benefits, and the expansion of a two-tier structure, uh, which forces new hires to labor for less pay than their co-workers on the same line. Apparently, their labor union, Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union, agreed to the provision that created the second tier, which is currently capped at 30% of the workforce. The company is seeking to lift that cap and expand the number of ultra-exploited, quote-unquote, casual workers who
0: receive a poverty wage. Okay, so what what did KT just say? KT said that the labor union that's, that's representing the workers agree to have a, I think they call it transitional workers. Yeah, basically where new- who, who are paid less, mm-hmm. get no benefits, have to work overtime and holidays, and uh, yeah, super- Super exploited. If you if you've ever worked at like a call
1: center, if you've ever worked at a factory, you know that they have like a short term period. It's usually like ninety days where you work uh, a a long period of time. So that ninety days where you have a cut pay. So for ninety days, you'll only make uh, about uh, you know ten dollars an hour. But then after that ninety days, you'll make an additional two dollars an hour. So uh, what the labor union basically did was they agreed to that. Because that's a quote-unquote normal thing that happens. But,
0: no, if you look mm, into it, that transitional thing ain't just no two-day thing. They having them people work for extended long periods of time, Mm -hmm. months. Um, And uh, as we know, in Memphis, the temp agency has just gotten out of control. So that now, the temp agency is in charge of employing all these corporations with workers. And so... With that, that's another way they can get some wiggle room to pay less, provide no benefits, and just go even harder with what they're doing.
1: Yeah. So what? Uh, what we're trying to bring it back to is the union, though. Right? Like, yeah. yes, the temp agency is a terrible part of it as well. But as far as the union goes, uh, we found some really interesting information. Apparently, this is the same union. Um, that was with the Nabisco and the Frito Lay mm-hmm. worker strikes. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, the BCTGM union, meanwhile, has offered workers no serious strategy for victory. Earlier this year, BCTGM forced throughout, or I'm sorry, forced thorough sellout agreements to shut down strikes of Nabisco and Frito Lay workers isolating Kellogg workers before their strike even began. An Abisco worker in Chicago warned Kellogg workers, make sure they count the votes in front of them because they didn't count the votes in front of us. We all know that the union just wants us to go back to work. At the end of the day, it's all about money. Do you really think that the union wanted to keep paying us and also ask for more than $105 in strike pay that we got? And so, this took me and Gabby to a, a different thought process, okay? So, we're like, what's the
0: purpose of this union then? Alright, so let's check out this in a bit, uh, no, Frito-Lay strike first. I remember, you know, we've always been talking about the Frito-Lay strike for like, a couple episodes and And just all of a sudden, KT told me it was over, and I was like, I can't eat Frito-Lay because... No, the strike is still going on. I didn't even know it was over with. Yeah. So here's the deets of what was going on. Check this out. The most recent contract negotiations fell through after workers rejected a contract that had been recommended by union leadership. mm And the work stoppage and strike occurred in response. So the union told them, these new negotiations are fine. Just go and sign on the dotted line. And the people said, heck no. Okay, so remember that. All right, so this is what they had been uh, striking for. The reasons for the strike. Per the union, was that employees were working as many as 12 hours a day, up to seven days a week under mandatory overtime, which employees often were served to, referred to as suicide shifts. Mm. Wages have been stagnant for 15 years and the new contract only promises a low merit-based increase of up to 2%. Jesus. Some union members said that their wages have only increased 77 cents per hour in the last 12 years. That's
1: like that's like less than
0: $20 a month. The strike ended July 23rd with the workers getting a contract with the company that guarantees one day off a week. The new contract does away with suicide shifts, although mandatory overtime is still in effect.
1: So it's basically the same. The only difference is you're not scheduled for that. They just force you to stay.
0: Um, Frito-Lay said, uh, we do not anticipate any further negotiations with the union for the foreseeable future. These folks didn't get no more pay. They now, get a day off. Remember, this is through the union,
1: y'all. So all of y'all that were like, "Oh, we need more unions. We need unions. We need unions." This is through the union. This is this is them literally talking to the union, not the corporate office of Nabisco
0: or Frito Lay or Kellogg's, this is through the union. And not just this is through the union. This is what the union was able to negotiate and then convince everybody to go back to work, which pretty much just meant they said, we ain't going to pay y'all no more for this strike. Right. Um And so that's what we're going to get into, okay? And then there was the Nabisco strike, uh, which happened around the same time. Okay, so... As far as Nabisco was concerned, uh, the company, anytime that the employees would, you know, express concerns or not agree with contracts, they would threaten to take the jobs to Mexico. Hmm. And, um... Also, uh, one point of contention for the unions and the corporation was that the company pushed for mandatory weekend work, changing eight-hour shifts to 12-hour shifts without overtime pay, and creating a health care plan that would include two tiers, which would increase costs for new hires. Around the time the contracts had expired, several employees stated it was not uncommon for workers to work six to seven days a week for 12 to 16-hour shifts during the pandemic. These longer shifts were implemented by the company in order to keep up with the increased demand for snacks during the COVID-19 pandemic. The existing pay system included time-and-a-half pay for overtime and any work on Saturday. And double pay for any work on Sunday. But the new system proposed by Nabisco would see a flat pay rate, regardless of the days, until the worker reached 40 hours a week. One worker at Portland estimated the changes would result in some workers making approximately $10,000 less per year than the existing system. So pretty much what's going on is it sounds like Kellogg's and Nabisco had the same kind of issues going on as far as their demands and what they wanted done. So uh, by the end of the strike, what the labor union was able to negotiate was a 2.25% pay increase for 2021 and a $0.60 hourly raise increase for each year after that. Additionally, new workers will receive a $5,000 bonus and the Bisco would increase its 401 matching contributions from 25% to 50%, up to 6% of the workers' total pay. No changes were made to the workers' health care plan. The contract was approved with over 75% of the vote. Now, listen to what that guy said. Make sure they count it in in front of you. That let you know it probably was some shady stuff going on. So, as far as what was even done, I don't see anything that says they don't have to work weekends, they don't have to work 12-, 14-hour shifts, $60 $60 an hour, I mean, $0.60 cents increase? What's $0.60? It sounds like to me that that union
1: is an absolute wreck, and this is only going to affirm it because you said something about Mexico initially, and I want to read um, something here that is apparently happening with the BCTGM. So, apparently, they have been promoting reactionary nationalism to undermine the solidarity of workers at precisely the moment when international unity is needed most. Kellogg's is a multinational corporation with factories in 18 different countries outside of the United States. Any serious strategy to defeat the company requires the international unity of U.S. workers. So, as you said, that guy said they're going to move the factory to Mexico if those, uh, American workers don't start acting right. So to make a really long story short, practically the union is absolutely doing nothing for these people. To make matters absolutely worse, okay, it it even gets worse than this. Apparently, BCTGM is promoting a GoFundMe! They are literally promoting a GoFundMe, a union. To crowdfund for these striking workers. Instead of them paying these people to be on strike like they're supposed to be doing as a union, they're crowdfunding for these people. Okay? This is with the union sitting on $32 million in assets. And $11 million of income built from the workers' dues is money. mm So, long story short, these people are terrible. BCTGM, this union is terrible. They're following a a tried and true strategy so that they can get people back into jobs. Long story short, they're working for the
0: corporations.
1: They're not working for you. That's what it's about
0: because think about this, guys. Now we get into the nitty-gritty. Labor unions are some of the top funders of the Democratic Party. Hmm, I wonder why. If a labor union legitimately was for the workers, why are they giving so much money to politicians of a capitalist system? It's not like they're the number one donators to the Green Party, to the People's Party. No, we finna donate to the Democratic Party. We know who's in the Democratic Party, our fans. Nancy Pelosi, all them good old folks. So that tells you we're working with a conflict of interest because every single one of them folks in that Congress have corporate interests, probably own corporations, probably uh, family members with somebody that own own corporations. So any type of uh, radical change is not going to come from these present-day unions. Nope. At all.
1: Now that doesn't mean that unions themselves are bad. Initially, these unions were created by anarchists. They were created by communists. They were created by people who had um, good intent. But of course, just like everything else within capitalism, it can and it will be subject to capitalism. So at the end of the day, these unions are still nonprofits, and they're still going to be making money off of you suffering. You're still giving them money every single year. To, to to essentially help you suffer
0: even more. And yeah, of course, like all things, um, <sighs> the labor unions didn't start as uh, these little corporate sh- uh, things like they are today. Um, I don't care too much about the white people's history of the labor unions because they were all racist and didn't let black people be in it. Mm-hmm. But I will talk about... Uh, we found out about this lady Lucy Parsons, who was one of the uh, founders of the IWW, and was a anarchist, socialist, communist, black woman, um, and was fighting for you know women's rights, abortion rights, also the rights of black people, and all that types of stuff. And it, and it had me thinking back to like what we were talking about with if the communist party. Once so goddamn racist, once mm-hmm. so uh easily influenced and and reformist a lot of times in the socialist party, the the labor unions of today would be uh radical leftist political organizations. Because I'm thinking about even now, if we had the resources, if we had the people, we could go to the Kellogg's employees and say, "We got you. We will provide you with enough support financially so that y'all can continue this strike. We will also try to deter uh, temporary workers from applying to, to work at Kel- like as, as much as we can." We would have enough power and a body to be able to do something like that. But instead, they're at the whim of these huge hierarchical organizations, which are top-down, and... From what we see, ain't having no say. Them folks mm-hmm. was talking about we having to work seven days a week, 13, 14 hours, and ain't nobody addressed that. All they said is, you're going to get a day off, we're going to increase your pay by a couple of cents. That's not what the folks wanted. That's not why the folks were striking. they going back to the same terrible working conditions. The same ones. But with the people that are over and in charge of the unions even care. No, they have a 13... 13- $32 million surplus. Yep. That's why labor unions don't really need to exist. But organization does need to exist. Non-hierarchical.
1: Correct. Because what That is really, really important. The non-hierarchical part. Because if you're looking at it from the stance now, you've got the huge capital corporatist at the top. You've got the labor union or the trade union there in the center. And then you've got the people, the workers, at the bottom. Again, it's a hierarchy, right? So what do we need to do? Get rid of it. There's no, there's literally no point, there's no point in having a the middleman there if that middleman is just taking your money and you're still not able to get what you need to begin with.
0: Exactly. And and the thing about it here is even in Tennessee, majority of these folks ain't even got unions. Correct. And that's, that's the thing about it. But, I mean... So without unions, how would people fight for what they need? They would just have to do it together Guess by themselves. What? They're going to
1: have to do a collective thing. And Gabby and I talked about this. We said, what would they be able to do? Like, I know that uh, we pride ourselves on being very imaginative about political uh, imaginations. And so what would they do outside of a labor union? Well, you know, they could they could literally just pull all their money into a cash app. Like, they wouldn't have to pay a due to a huge corporation who's ultimately going to be getting tax write-offs. No, they could literally just put their money. If somebody said, $1 per month, here is your quote-unquote due, send it to this person's cash app, and if anybody decides they want to be on a strike, we'll help support that person. Like, do you know how easy that is as opposed to sending it to a corporation who's benefiting off of you to begin with? Literally. Literally. And who knows how much the, the union dues are anyway. Right. I can't imagine if these corporations, like, I think about at least from previous jobs I have, whenever they would try to give us health care, um, the corporation's getting a discount for me signing up for their health care plan, number one. And number two, that health care plan is going to cost me anywhere from, like, 100 to $200 a month. So what about the union dues? I'm sure it's costing yeah. just about the same. Yeah. And, and it's useless when you could literally do it yourself and do
0: better for each other. Literally. Like, that's what I'm saying. If people, like, if we say Nike in Memphis was to do a strike, where well, they just came together all together and say we're going to pull our money together and do mutual aid, literally, and help each other out while we're doing this strike? And we come and support them by giving them resources, and they just say, "We're going to create the demands on our own. Things would be more democratic. You wouldn't have a union over here saying, "Well, we know you wanted uh, 10,000 extra dollars, but what's a hundred more dollars a check?" You know what I'm saying? Because that stuff don't affect them. No, nope. so they they just all about getting you back to work so they can make more money and they can still be on good terms with everybody. These people are not against each other that much, I assure you. Yeah. Because Nabisco's given to the Democratic Party, the union given to the Democratic Party.
1: <laughs> Even if they weren't given to the Democratic Party, the union is making, no, the union is losing money by you being on strike. Yeah. What it, what happens in capitalism if you're losing money? You're losing so you're useless like like the the whole point of this conversation is to say that these labor unions and just like everything else within capitalism can be used as an instrument for capitalism and so we really need to be uh vigilant on how we are helping each other and instead focus on the mutual aid benefit mm-hmm. as opposed to collaborating with organizations right so
0: I I think that as far as what we can do now for the Kellogg's worker is give to the GoFundMe. Yes. Because they're not getting enough from the labor union. So that's one thing we can do right now to help them kind of sustain themselves. Even though, like I said, the temp workers are coming and working those shifts right now. So it's there really is no upper hand because as a people we have not we have never organized. We have never organized, or, or very sparingly, not as like Americans as a whole. So we don't even know that we have the power to do certain things. So it's going to take a lot of political organi- political education to uh, allow people to see and help them see that the power that they have. So this. Can and will be a great learning experience for a lot of people. I saw folks on Twitter that rejoiced at the Nabisco Frito Lay thing, but I think if you just look a little bit further into it, you'll see the scam that's going on. And this really just reinforces what we try to to say every time. There is no reforming in capitalism. There is no nope. nothing. And anything you see that you think, oh, well, that might be okay, it's always a scam. It's always a scam because, yeah, and the labor unions is one of them. So um, that's kind of what we, what we wanted to talk about today. That's, that's uh, KT, anything
1: else you wanted to say? Nope, that's pretty much the episode. Y'all uh, go out there and Give money to the GoFundMe. Don't be uh, out here happy about these labor unions. They are making money. We don't want labor unions to make money. We want them to support workers. If you're not supporting workers, if you're not supporting the poor, you're useless in the long-term liberation of people.
0: Exactly which is why which is why we're here and we're trying to organize the people. Again, it always comes back to mutual aid and political organization. Yeah. No matter what episode we do, because that's what we need and that's what needs to be reciprocated and duplicated all over because these corporations are not going to save us the labor unions are not going to save us the government is not going to save us as you can see we all on that by ourselves yep so we have to come together as people and help each other out so yeah definitely y'all look into uh labor unions look into lucy parsons because i was looking uh her up and she seemed like a dope ass woman Um, and you never hear about her uh, coincidentally Um, so yeah definitely look into that Um, again we'll have the GoFundMe link in the description Uh, you can also donate uh, to help us stock our community fridge that link is in the description as well you can hit KT up at KT underscore does art you can hit me up at Gabby's music and us both up at building our PWR Thank you again, guys. This has been Gabby and KT. And we're out.